0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio
1: app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB Public Media app.
2: Hi, I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Blended or step families, those yours, mine, and ours families are common and commonly unsuccessful for many reasons. But there's one reason at the top of the list that we'll talk about today and discuss ways that may help others avoid the pitfalls that trip up well intended and in-love couples. Today we'll talk about how blended families can hopefully end up bonded and
3: happy instead of in divorce.
2: Good morning, and thanks for being with us. Um, I am Dr. Susan Buttress, Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Fen- Center. So blended or step families, you know those yours, mine, and ours families are common. Um, But they're often very unsuccessful. And there's a reason at the top of the list for that, that we're going to talk about today that you may guess. And we'll also discuss some ways that others can avoid the pitfalls that trip up very well intended families in love couples. Um, So hopefully we'll talk about that today, about how we can make sure that these blended families end up in a loving excellent situation rather than um one that ends in divorce and you know there's a quote about um family um and that it's not defined by only last names or by blood but defined by commitment and by love david willis said that and i think it's very true it's one of those things that um is sometimes hard. You know, we, we think about, we know what a blended family is. It's a family that consists of two adults and a child or children that um, the, the adults bring into the family. And perhaps they may have a common child that they also had. Um, but they typically bring children in with previous partners. Now, there, are some, there can be some difficult times there. And so, listeners, you may you may wonder. Um, so, what is that top reason for um, blended families failing? Um, it's children. Um, that's the number one reason, and it's not because children aren't delightful, and that people can't love the children of their mate, um, but it is hard. Blended families are difficult. So, as we're stepping through this, I'd love to hear your experiences with blended families or step families. You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. You know, we've done um, a show on blended families in the past, but we haven't in a couple of years. And I, I think it's a topic that um, needs covering because about upwards of 16% of children live in in blended families. And in fact, it's somewhere around 60 million children under the age of 13 who live in blended families. So the number is actually expanding. Um, Now, why do we need to even talk about this? Well, I think everybody knows that Marriages often end in divorce. In fact, somewhere around 45 to 50% of first marriages end in divorce. Um, 60% of second marriages end in divorce. But when you have blended families, when you have stepchildren involved, when you, when you have um, to deal with what's going on there, then you're looking at 70%. And some statistics say 74% end in divorce. So that's not good. We need to do better. And the reason we need to do better is not just for each other as adults, but we need to do better for our children because going through a divorce for children is is tough. You know, forming a blended family, uh, Yeah, we have some shows that, um tv shows that were popular back in the day the Brady Bunch and others but it's just not easy so um I just want us to step through sort of why some problems happen and and how maybe we can navigate that better and I'd love to hear your stories um but let me stop before I go any further and give you full disclosure, if many of you have listened to this radio show, you know a lot of my story because I often tell it, but I'll give full disclosure here. I have quite a bit of a personal experience on this topic. Um, I married for the first time when I was 23, and I had three children with my first husband. The marriage ended after 11 years. My children were six, four, and two at the time. And single parenting was something that I struggled with, like most single parents. It was tough. Um, But I was lucky to have support from, believe it or not, my former in-laws. They were very supportive and helped out. I was working full-time as a pediatrician, taking call. And um, it it was quite a struggle for a while. Four years later, uh, I re-met a classmate from school um, who ended up being the love of my life. We dated for a year and married. We were very, very much in love and very committed. He had a daughter who lived out of state with her mother, and I had my three children. Two weeks after we married, his 14-year-old daughter moved in with us and we were a family all of the sudden of six, fourteen, ten, eight, and six. yep, it was quite a scene, and it was it was quite crazy and busy um and then, two years after we married, we had a son together. Now, my husband said uh, after our son was born that he was the glue that sealed things um so, you know, we had the yours, mine, and ours family. But that sounds all lovely and romantic, right? But I will tell you, in the beginning, it was very, very difficult. Um, we had uh, probably a good one-and-a-half-year struggle that didn't, didn't completely end, but, um, but we gelled. And we gel through some help with counseling. Um, you know, knowing all that I know about child development and behavioral medicine, my subspecialty, it helped. But, you know, it was a major test for my skills. Um, we didn't do everything right. Um, you know, everybody had a little bit of baggage coming in, trust, anxiety, fears. Um, adults and kids did. And so, um, I want everybody, all our listeners, to know that, that this is something that you have to be prepared for to navigate through. I knew it would be difficult, but the honest truth was, I didn't know quite how difficult the first couple of years of adjustments would be. So... Now, I'm going to stop there for a minute. Um, I know Jay White, um, my producer who is on with me today, uh, has been through something somewhat similar, huh, Jay?
4: Absolutely. Somewhat similar. I have uh, lots of the children also. Uh, They all come from my first marriage. And um, so, yeah, and then uh, there there will be no children in the second marriage that's been taken care of. So uh, it's a little bit different mm-hmm. in that regard, but, uh, yeah, it's that blending those families together, uh, or blending those scenarios in, in my case, together, it was uh, is not easy, especially because one of those was a a forty year old life, you know adult long professional career woman who had, you know, made waves in her field and all this kind of stuff. And now she took on the role. And I, for me as a guy, you know, <laughs> when do you tell somebody that you're dating? Oh, I have four children, by the way. So for me, it was like the second thing I said to her. I was like, hey, you know, right now, four kids. You're in or out. Right. You know, and right. and, and I'm like, I, I, I hate to be you know blunt about it, but you should know right away before there's any chance for anybody to have any kind of attachment to anything, you know, you know personality-wise. Uh, yeah. that that's a huge obstacle that will be an elephant in the room forever um you know so and and she's been great about it and you know I, I, that's everybody's got great stories about things like that sure but there are there are also situations where it doesn't take for whatever reason but uh, I'm I'm very blessed and fortunate in that regard
2: yeah and, and it is one of those things that, you know, you, you go into this very much in love, but sometimes not having full disclosure. So um, I love the fact that you brought up that you had kids and, you know, very, very early into the dating relationship yep. because, you know, I think it could have been a deal breaker and it would have been nice. For it to to be a deal breaker earlier on in a relationship rather than later. Yeah. Um. You know, I can I can remember when Robert and I were first dating. Um. One of his best friends, who I dearly love now, um. Said, "Man, are you crazy? You're dating a woman with three young kids. What are you thinking about?" And so <laughs> it it is. I said that uh, about my it,
4: wife several times.
2: Yeah, you know. <laughs> are you crazy?
4: <laughs> and, and since we've been married several times, like, why are you here? <laughs> you know? Anyway, because
2: she loves you and yeah. she's committed. Yeah. Um. So, listeners, I would, I, I think it would be great to hear some stories for, perhaps, what you grew up in. Um, because I do want to step through some of the negatives and then we'll get to all the major positives that can happen. Um, but I think it this might be a good time for us to go to our first break. We're going to we are going we are talking about blended families, step families. Um, and we'll talk a little bit, probably more about a stepmother. Because the honest truth is, stepmothers kind of get a bad rap. You've probably seen some of the books written on Stepmonster. And so feel free to jump in there if you were one of those. Dr. Susan Buttress here with Jay White. And today we are talking about blended families, step stepfamilies, stepchildren, stepmothers, stepfathers, um, whatever you call them. I know um, that that step word does not always feel good. And so I'd love to hear ideas of what other people used um, as, as they came into the family Um, and feel free at any point to join in the conversation, because I really do think that your stories help us learn ways that work. I, as a professional can tell you what the books say. I can tell you what I practice, but I find that so many times families are so helpful in just helping navigate through. I want to bring up one topic that uh, I already said we were going to talk about um, stepmothers and children, Um, but because the single greatest predictor that a marriage will fail is the presence of children from a previous marriage or relationship. And that is from numerous surveys that have been done. I check those facts. It is just not really a big surprise because what happens is that often um, the parents don't come in with the right expectations of what will happen. And um, so many times we expect immediate bonding because you love that individual. Um, but kids in a remarriage um, with children have tremendous power Um, and it's noted that you know kids often have very little say about the parent's decision to marry often what happens is these two adults fall in love right and And they care about each other. And hopefully, hopefully they don't just jump into a marriage um, without making sure that the kids have been introduced and have had time to get to know the individual. But once that individual moves into the household, often things change. What are those things? Well, they have to share space, right? Perhaps... There, there's a, a new individual who is oversighting what they do, who has an opinion. Parenting styles may be quite different. One may be pretty laissez-faire, whatever, let the good times roll, and another might be uh, much more structured. Um, and, and then expectations are there. You know, Jay and I came into our second marriages in different situations. I already had heads my husband already had a child and we had parenting styles he came in with his second wife with um with not parenting style because she had no children at the time and so to come in and figure out how to fit in can be can be tough so those kids can have a lot of power um And they can decide that they're going to reject a parent. Um, and, you know, the kids are the often links between two other households, like, you know, their father or mother is in a different household. So they can often create friction by making comparisons by passing along unkind messages or something they overheard that wasn't a message. Um, so um, the other thing I'd, I'd like for you to think on for a minute is um, listeners. What age do you think might be the most difficult child to bring into uh, a step family and what age might cause the most conflict. But before I hear your um your answer um, about that, we'll go to our first call. Uh let's see. We have Belle in Yazoo City with an incident about blended family. Hi Belle, thanks for calling in.
3: Hi <clears throat> This is just incidental, and I promise you, it is the truth. My uh, okay, my great grandfather uh, had he and his wife had nine children, and she died about the time he was coming back from the Civil War. And um, there was a Yankee gunboat that shot at Natchez, and these people fled up to Jefferson County. This family did. Well, anyway, my great grandfather um, married this lady, and I mean, she didn't. She was single, and <laughs> he was oh, a widower with nine children, and uh, then they had five children. So he had fourteen children about two wives, and the great aunts and uncles in my family that were left there. Of course, they were all family. I didn't know until I was about 13 that these cousins and I had uh, different backgrounds up the line. But anyway, there was also a family letter we found from Natchez that said, golly, something like this. Have you heard Miss Coulson is marrying a widower with nine kids? <laughs> but I promise you, this is the truth. And the name of the place they lived was Seclusal Plantation, where all those kids came from. So I let it go at that, but I just couldn't resist calling you about this.
2: Wow. Well, I cannot imagine. That, that <laughs> sounds amazing uh, of that woman. I wonder how she ended up. Is there any evidence about how... How her life was? Were there ever any letters written or or prose from that? Because I would imagine that would be terrible.
3: She wrote a book. She wrote a book that were reminiscences about the Civil War to her her daughter, who was the youngest, 14. And that was one. There were uh, a couple. There was a great aunt and a great uncle. That I knew. I never knew my grandfather, but um, I I didn't know there was like a half can in there, like I said, till I was thirteen. But I couldn't resist calling you on it, and I'll hush now and let you go.
2: (laughs) What a woman! That's a great story. Thank you for calling, Bill. That was that was
3: great.
2: You're welcome. so I would love to hear some more good stories like that. Um, listeners, that's, you know, there are some really unique stories out there that need to be told and a lot of fun. Um, and I'd, I'd like to also hear if you have stories about the way things didn't work or perhaps worked in a different fashion. We want to hear your story. Or, or how how. about
4: how about how you thought you was going to do it? And then how it wound up ultimately happening.
2: Oh, that's a good one.
4: Oh, yeah. That's every parent at some point, right? Like, oh, when I have kids, it's going to be like this. And then that ends about five minutes after they're born, right?
2: Oh, absolutely. (laughs) How many times have you looked in a restaurant or did you look in a restaurant or look at friends who had kids before you did and just with disdain think, how in the world? Can they let that happen? Or how can they do
4: that? Why don't they care about them kids? <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> For real.
4: And then you get in that situation. You're like, I don't care about these kids in this yeah. Applebee's right now. They can do what they want.
2: Because <laughs> after a while, you just are numb. It, it can happen. That's an honest truth.
4: It sure can happen. One of the things that, that – uh, an interesting scenario that – that I have dealt with in my scenario that you brought up a minute ago and what you were talking about when you first came back from this break is, and I was going to ask you about this, if, if you've dealt with this or if there's a, a certain type of playbook. Uh, of course, with two biological parents in two different places, I think kids figure out pretty quickly that at least they have the option to try to use the other parent as leverage against the enforcement parent or or the parent that they live with. Like a lot, uh, there's been a couple of times where basically uh, a kid tried to flee back to the other parent as opposed to facing like uh boundaries and parameters and and punishment and repercussions for irresponsibility and things like that. And there's a fine line between like uh no you can't go and live with your mom. Like I don't want to say that to any of my kids. If they want to live with their mom, they can live with their mom. That's their mom, you know. But it's like uh, how do you that that's a fine line especially when kids as, at a, at such a young age understand that they could put they could be right on the nose with it and put all the pressure on you
2: right that that is such an important topic that you brought up jay and and I would I really would like for us to spend some time on that because that is exactly what happens um in many situations and can can often be the crack that starts happening in the relationships is that, that there is that kind of, um, well, I don't have to listen to you because you are my stepmother or I don't, I don't have to take this from both of you. I can go back and live with dad or go back and live with mom. And, and actually that, that, often is an issue one thing i can say um that is very very important in any situation is that the parents the biologic parents of the children who have divorced the very best thing they can do for the outcome of their child is to continue to stand together as parents and support each other so many times that does not happen Because you don't get divorced because you like each other. You're still in love, right? You get divorced because there's an issue. And so the natural situation is to try to get back at somebody. And what a better way to get back at them as to say bad things about them or to disrupt that former spouse's new marriage. Um, But that is the very worst thing that one can do for their children. And, and it sadly, it is what happens very, very often. So, all right, Jay, let's go on back to the phone. Let's have uh, Craig and Biloxi. Yeah. Hey,
5: uh, <clears throat> good morning. Yeah. Good I, morning. Had the, uh, I had uh, three stepchildren and uh, the biggest issue I had was, uh, it was, Keeping the house clean. I I'm a very neat person, and and uh, the ex and the children were not. Mm. Uh, and I had I had the proverbial redheaded stepchild, but he never got he never got the joke about that. He was too young.
2: <laughs> so you said I, they I were a, very messy, and you were not. So talk to us about that.
5: Okay. Uh, there's there are two incidences. One with the uh, third grade girl. Uh, we, we got into it cause she had clothing all over the floor and would not clean it up. And she told me, you can't make me clean up the floor. And I said, you're right. So I lived on the first floor. I had, well, I had a house. Uh, I parked the trash can outside the door got a big pair of scissors. And I started chopping up clothes and throwing them in the trash can. And she decided she was going to clean the floor. So I, I I had to buy all the clothes. So but so but you're going to lose more if if I have to cut up. You know, there was no other way I could do it. You know, There's nothing I can do. I mean, what are you
2: going to do with this third grader? Well, uh, I, I, I think I don't know that I would have cut up the clothes, but I think that's a a good a, a good method rather than with a two-year-old you can do a hand over hand and make their hand pick up the toy that they won't pick up but for a child of that age better especially a stepchild you want to make sure not to get into any kind of physical altercation with the child so to to do what you did maybe I I have had parents get just a big plastic bag or a box and, you know, gather things up just like that and put it in the bag and put it, say, you know, you don't have access to this until you pick up after yourself or make something very firm
5: yeah my main issue was I did not i had been going through things over and over again, and it would be settled and, and then repeat so I wanted it finished this this was like the last straw for me uh I wanted it finished and and i could to, to be sure I only cut up one one or two items, and she decided that I was serious about emptying the entire floor and I mean the floor was covered there were twenty thirty pieces on the floor. And she did, and, and like I said, I got tired, I got tired of it, and uh, that was the only way out that I could see. Uh,
2: so let me ask the, you a question: Where was her mother in this? She stood to the side. I mean, I mean, she her, her silence gave tactic
5: approval to her defiance. So, so, and, and she had told her girl. To clean up the floor she probably would have but she never would she she was the silent type which was an issue between me and the mother uh because she never communicated that's you know that was that was a big issue with us uh you got to communicate and a thousand times i would have said that uh and, and she never did oh you know that yeah. i just heard a beep
2: yeah, yeah, I'm here, and um, oh. yes, I'm here, and and I guess my next question, Craig, is did that marriage last?
5: Oh yes, yes, it, it worked. I, I did not have to do that ever again, and, and with the and with the boys, the two boys, I had a uh, room for them, and I had built shelves, and I bought a bunch of big plastic storage boxes, and. You know, when if I go in there in the middle of the night and, and trip over stuff on the floor, or the fire department, or they trip over something to get hurt, you got to keep the floor clean. Uh. So I had rules. So I had rules to kids uh, to keep the floor clean, and I gave them lots of warnings. I told them what I was going to do. I said I'm going to pick and, you know, if I have to empty the room out. I mean, these are not my kids, and I told them to the begin with. I don't want to boss you around. You're not my kids, but and I and I and I explained to them like I just did with you about the fire department and people getting hurt and just the general mess. I don't want to deal. Milit- I don't want to deal with that. Well, you,
2: you know, I you know, think I mean, that's wanted- great uh, that that you had rules and and that you found a way for them to listen. Um, I think that it sounds like it would have been easier for you had had the mother been a little more supportive, but it sounds like you work through that. Do you have a good, are they older now? Do you have a good relationship with them now? Uh, No, we ended up, we ended up
5: splitting. And one of the reasons I did not go back was because of her silence and because of the children. Uh, Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That sounded like a very difficult situation. Um, And again, that's, that's um one thing i'd like for us to take a few minutes talking about discipline as we're moving along um that that who should be the disciplinarian who should impart rules and when you're that divergent um on rules um is it fair not to try to come in the come to the middle um because it seems to me that what she was waiting for was for you to become the disciplinarian, which is not what experts recommend. um in fact, experts recommend in general, um and I'll say that i am I am not totally on board with this. I don't a hundred percent agree. I think you as a step parent can participate in um the behavior management of a child, but you absolutely have to have the the backup of the biologic parent. You just absolutely have to have it. You have to be together. And that's where that, that crack and that rift starts. Um, now, some experts say only the biologic parent should be the disciplinarian. But I think especially with younger children, it, it makes it very difficult. And if you don't empower this step parent, then, then they can feel like sort of a non-entity and not part of the family. So, well, Craig, thank you for that. Thanks for, for bringing up a point and, and not surprising that, that unfortunately your, your marriage had difficulty. I'm, I'm sorry. I hope, one day you can have a a relationship with those children, you were probably a positive in their lives. Yeah, I hope so I hope so too. All right. Well, let's stay on the phones. Joe is next up. Joe, where are you from? Thanks for calling. Okay. uh,
6: My comment you can uh, get, uh, I think you know, when the kid elect school, school days or whatever, something like that, you have to. My problem was that not always the parents, but it's going to be some in law on both sides that kind of uh, mess with, the, you know, say, tell the kid, well, you hit your parents, he you that, And I think they have a lot to do, you know, to your, at least, you know, uh, I can't married two or three years from like that, but those first couple of years, you kind of need to uh, kind of keep them kind of away from not the towns, but the electric. A lot of uncles or, cousins or something like that, I think they create props. Mm.
3: That's
6: that's my you know, comment. So, uh, i got out there. let you just talk about whatever, you know. That's my comment.
2: Uh-huh. Okay, well, well, thank you, Joe, for for that. This is relatively speaking, and I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and we're talking about blended families, some of the difficulties, the the hardships. Um, and um, in a few minutes, we'll start talking about some of the really positives that can happen, but f- before we get to that, I want to talk about um, some information out there about stepmothers and and why is it the hardest on stepmothers? Um, some longitudinal studies looking at step families, you know, over the years done by uh, several psychologists um, found that kids of all ages typically resent getting a stepmother more than getting a stepfather and they tend to resent her for longer and that is whether or not that stepmother broke the marriage up um and you know about this was stunning to me um one study said that less than 20 percent of adult stepchildren said they felt close to their stepmother's while more than half of adults stepkids said that they were happy about their their mom remarrying so half adults were happy about their mom remarrying and getting a stepfather but but only 30% were happy that daddy had remarried and only 20% felt co- co- close to that that stepmother so um what do you think the reasons are behind that um i'd i'd like to hear from you because that that was concerning to me i have a stepdaughter and i i believe we're close um i feel close to her and uh she's an adult obviously now and and has children and those children are my grandchildren and so um we we gather a lot together still jay i just i, I wonder what if you had some thoughts about that in your own mind?
4: I do, but we've got a couple of people people who've just called in that are on hold. So okay. we'll go to them first. And okay. uh, yeah, we got Derek and Byron coming up next. But first, we have Brother Daniel in Pascagoula.
2: Okay. Hi, Brother Daniel.
1: Hey, how you doing, Mama? I'm, I'm, I'm glad do- to hear your voice. It, it, it's just a blessing to hear you.
2: Thank you so much. Uh, Thank you for calling. Tell yes, us what your thoughts are.
1: No, yes. Um, yeah, we find that um and and I'm also finding this will probably solve a lot of our problems too with our teens and our kids right now, is that as far as the mothers are concerned, the mothers of the child, she has to be careful on how she talks to her new step, her step companion, whether it be uh, her step, the stepdad, or, you know, uh, let's just say uh, it might be a, a, a stepmother, you know, because we have uh, people that are same-sex marriage. You know how it is. Right. What um, it is, we have to be careful how we're talking. I had a couple of children, young teens, that because the way the mother talked to The partner, it made a lot of differences because she would get in an argument with the partner. Oh well, he really don't have to clean his room uh, the way that that way. I don't really get on him like that. See, when those kind of communications happen, I've seen it here and I've seen it in the big cities. A lot of times, children pick up on how you talk to your partner, and that is one of the biggest biggest conflicts out here today when it comes to a a father which myself i've been in a situation where i've been in a relationship uh the lady had a son uh she let him do whatever he felt like because she loved him so much and then when i went to discipline him in a positive fashion she kind of got upset so we had to sit at the table and come to an agreement of communicating with this child that he will give me respect as well as his mom, when she doesn't give him what he wants and value the communication that we bring to one another. This is where people let the TV run the situation, let the social media on YouTube to show the kids what to do and how to act. And we got to get more involved. I have, five to six parents that I talk to at least every other week. I uh, got one. She's trying to get her kids back. But because of her discommunication, she lost her children to GPS. But if mm-hmm. she would have communicated more with the stepfather and find out where he was coming from, she would still have a child. We must communicate more, but we must include the stepparent, and we must make sure the Child, understand, you must respect this person that I brought into our lives, and they will give you respect. They're not your friend. They are your other parent. If you have a problem, let us sit down at the table and you tell us what's wrong so we can fix the situation.
2: Well, great words, Brother Daniel, and you're so right. I think one issue that happens so often is that the parents, the you know, the 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 step parent and the biologic parent do not allow themselves to be a unified front and to respect each other and show respect in front of the children that they respect, love, and care about each other. And you know, you can say words like, you, you may not you may not love her right now, but you have to respect her and treat her kindly because I love her and she is my wife or my husband or whatever. And so, and, and you're right. It doesn't, doesn't matter whether we're talking about a same sex marriage or if we're taking talking about a heterosexual marriage, it's all the same. You've got to be a unified front. You've got to respect each other and show respect in front of the children for each other. But the main thing is to just be supportive. So, Brother Daniel, thank you. I'm glad you're working with five families. I'm sure there are about 100 others who would appreciate your help. All right. We're going to stay on the phones because we have two other callers I want to get to. We first have Derek and Byram. Hi, Derek. Thanks for calling.
0: Uh, I have a question. I'm newly married, and I have one son, uh, and it's been difficult. Uh, Building a relationship with him Uh, He's seven years old And That has kind of been With me and his mother uh, Me trying to build a relationship with him Uh, You know, I I try my best to Kind of talk with him uh, Try to spend time with him He's not as receptive, uh, and I'm not going to lie, it does discourage me at times when I'm trying and I'm not getting any progress, it seems, uh, just from my perspective. And mm. so I was just wondering what are some strategies or some things that I am could do or maybe it's some things I'm not seeing that... Can help me kind of bridge that gap between my our relationship and also help build the relationship between his mother and myself
2: yeah, well, a couple of things. Um, first of all, just a quick question. does he live with you? Yes yeah. he does okay. And does he still have a relationship with his um his biologic father?
0: Um, not, I mean, it's a complicated relationship. You know, they, he had, he don't talk, he don't live in the same state. Uh, his dad lives in another state, so they don't right. teach other much. And
3: yeah.
0: his, his real dad does not call as frequently, probably as he should. So it's you know, it's not the best of relationships.
2: So so let me let me give you a few uh words of insight and then a couple of words of advice. So it sounds like he probably had his mother to himself for a while. And so it may be that he is feeling like perhaps the, some of the attention has been taken away from him with his mother. And so I think there're a couple of things that you could you could do. One, encourage them to go and have some alone time together, just him and her, and do the same thing with y'all. Or if he isn't comfortable going with just you right now, then then let it be a family thing and let it be something where he doesn't have to participate in any kind of real conversation or anything. It could be taking him, let him pick, take him to a movie, Um, go play ball with him if he is in you know just pitch and catch or whatever but but do some very simple things or ask him to help you go buy a mother's day present or a birthday present for his mother with you so that it can be something that doesn't have to be a lot of conversation interaction but just a doing something and and see if that helps make sure that that he he knows that you are and and his mother should hopefully reinforce this too that he knows that that you are important to his mother in a different way you are the husband and the the stepfather and 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 not in any way taking his importance away so I think he's he's old enough to understand, and so I think I would sit down and have a real conversation with him. I hope that helped some. Um, I think, unfortunately, Cat in Mobile, Cat, I don't think we're going to be able to get to your call today. You always have such great insight, and I appreciate you, but. Um, We're going to have to end the show now, and I'd love to get back together on something like this again pretty soon with you guys. Um, Southern Remedy is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, and funding is provided in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and support from listeners like you.
0: This is an MVB Think Radio podcast.